Welcome back to Star Wars in the Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. This is the beginning of season 12 of Star Wars in the Galaxy. Unfortunately, this is recorded by future Eli because unfortunately we recorded the first 20 minutes of this episode and then forgot to press record. And so that's why the intro of this episode sounds a little wonky. We are here with Michael McCoy from All Remaining Systems, good friend of mine, good friend of Jacob's. Um, and I just wanted to give you some context that we didn't explain in the episode because we were just trying to catch up to where we were. We're going through Star Wars droids, which none of us, including Michael, have ever seen before. Jacob and I are going completely blind. We knew a few names, and that is really it that we knew about the series. We watched the first two episodes called The White Witch and Escape into Terror. Let me give a quick summary of both of these episodes. In The White Witch, C-3PO and R2-D2 are dropped into an adventure on the planet of Ingo. And they meet these two guys named Thal Jobin and George Dusat. And and they also meet the meet, meet, meet this woman named Kia on the planet. Um, and there they come into conflict with a gang called the Fromm Gang, who's trying to take over the galaxy with a super weapon called the Trigon One. They rescue Ord from the Fromm Gang's base on Ingo with the help of their speeder, which is called the White Witch, and also a mysterious lightsaber found in Jobin's speeder that's just kind of left there. And they escape the planet of Ingo at the end. And in this in the following episode, Escape into Terra, they go to a nearby planet called Anu, where the like real Fromm base is. Um, not just simply an outpost, and they come into conflict with the Th the Fromm gang again, and they receive help from Kia's mother, who is revealed to be a part of the Rebel Alliance, whatever form that takes by then. And yeah, this is all about the C-3PO and R2-D2 working for Thal and Jord and Kia, and coming into the conflict with the Fromm gang, with the patriarch Size Fromm and his son Tig Fromm, as well as their servant Vlix Fromm. Or maybe, I don't know if his last name is from, probably not. But yeah, I hope you enjoy the episode. I hope you enjoy our thoughts as well as Michael's thoughts. Really great guy. So glad to have him on this episode. And yeah, may the force be with you. Always. Roll the tape. I'm going to mute you. Welcome back to another episode of Star Wars in the Galaxy, watching all the Star Wars we can get our hands on. This is episode 93 that we were talking before about how... So this is the first time all of us have seen droids, and we were talking earlier. I guess I should give some context. We thought we were recording for the last 20 minutes, and we weren't. That was fun. This is, this is, take, uh, this is take two. This, this is, is a professional two. operation. Um, yes, yes. Professional operation. Ex extremely here. professional. Extremely yeah, professional um, right here. And uh, we were talking about... And we were talking about... we. We talked a little bit about Lucas's fascination with fast cars and that taking place here in the White Witch in Droids. And we were talking about daddy issues with Tig Fromm. And let's see, what else were we talking about? We were, we were talking about- We were kind of talking just... about the, the droid versus organic sort of- Yeah, let's, let's do the droid versus yeah. organic stuff now. I thought it was yeah. really interesting that the 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 there was this push it was very it was the old generation versus the new generation that tig felt like very strongly that the old ways were done and that they need to start using machines in place of actual organic labor i thought that was a really interesting theme that doesn't actually get explored as much in star wars as i realized it as i thought it did yeah but i don't know what what did everybody think of that i mean i think the the conceit or the implication here is kind of that droids you know along with that line where c-3po when he thinks r2d2 has been destroyed he's like oh you were a, a marvel of modern technology you know it, droids in here are kind of seen as or this story kind of treats droids and automation as something very new i think which of course is is in opposition it kind of contradicts later on in star wars you know we in, in at least in the expanded universe you know we 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 kind of come to to treat it as you know droids have been a part of life for thousands thousands and thousands of years so i think that's interesting but 
when we think about, and this is this is obviously long before, long before I was around, long before long before any of us were around. But in 1985, you know, there must have, I imagine, there must have been more discussion of of you know automation, computers that kind of rise in the machines. From yeah, that what was, we that was definitely like, a fear at the time. So and and that is really like from from what I know, you know, from what cultural information I do have about that time, which is admittedly not much. I'm not trying to, I'm not an expert in any sense, but it really does seem like that the way that they, the show talks about it, that really was, that was really big at the time. I just think it's interesting, you know, and that's something that's kind of been pushed to the side in, or not really addressed that much in Star Wars more, more recently, you know, in Solo. There was with oh gosh I'm I'm blanking on L3. the name of yeah with L three and Solo and the Droid Uprising you know there's a little bit of that but through a more kind of modern almost kind of liberation kind of a very modern version of liberation and social justice with the way that they talk about it which is very different from you know how how the creators kind of frame frame it here I know what do you guys think about that that was something that I kind of thought a lot about. I, I agree a lot with what you said, and I think the angle that really stood out to me was how nobody looks twice at a droid in this. Like, the way... Obviously, the scene that stands out the most is when, you know, Tiggy, Size, and Vlix are all talking about how they're looking for those two droids when C-3PO and R2-D2 are literally right next to them. But yeah, they, like... Gem the droids are just like so invisible to them because they they like it speaks to an inherent bias from organics to see synthetics as lesser and so it's you know they're <laughs> they're talking about how this group that includes true droids is a threat and when two droids are right in front of them they can't even connect the dots in their mind yeah. that that could be connected so yeah I love that, like, as in two levels, as like, as, as a like a bit of a slapstick comedy sort of thing. But as Michael said, and it's one of those. I remember people talking about this with, um, with talking about like, oh, people were trying to poke plot holes in A New Hope, specifically when, like, specifically like when Owen buys three PO and R two. How does he not recognize them from years past? But like. You know, I think Owen's somebody, somebody, and most people are, who view droids like tools. Would you re re remember a screwdriver that you had used mm -hmm. 20 years ago? And it, 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 like, they don't view droids as, you know, the, as having the sentience. And whether they do have the sentience or whether they don't have a, the sentience is a topic of further discussion, one that I know Jacob is very fond of having. But, but Hashtag it, Battle Droid Society. Hashtag Battle Droid Society, but it's just interesting to me that 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 already is fitting within within the vibe of the Star Wars universe. And as Michael said earlier, like the idea of there are some moments in here. There are just some small little moments that are like that is that is pure Star Wars right there. That is what Star Wars like. Even as they were struggling to find what Star Wars was, they managed to hit the spot quite a few times. Yeah, it's, you know, the way the way we described it earlier was it's a Saturday morning cartoon that they kind of tacked the Star Wars IP onto, but they really do manage to kind of capture a lot of the essence of Star Wars in small ways. Yeah, yeah like we were talking we were talking about earlier before the uh, the incident, you know, Star Wars Star Wars loves organized crime. That's here. Star Wars mm -hmm. loves uh, daddy issues. That's here yeah. with the gangsters. They love races. Yeah, like it's got. Yeah, yeah. They, love, they love races. They, they love fast it's cars. It's got all the. They love fast cars. They love racing. It's got all the, all the ingredients of Star Wars that are kind of the most the most timeless, even though it came before, so much of. It it, it was really before Star Wars had kind of. Really set the tone for itself and decided what it was and and what it could and couldn't be as as michael put it so eloquently yeah. before uh, the incident i mean what else, what else did you guys what else jumped out 
to you guys. I was going to um, say this earlier, but I also like how small this story is. Like, you know, we need to have this balance, I feel like, in Star Wars of the bigger and the smaller stories. But, and I think this this brought, was brought up a lot with the first few episodes of Andor, how small that conflict was. But, like, mm. this is one planet. Okay, fine. In the second episode, we find out it's two planets. They want to control the galactic underworld, but, like, they have a super weapon and a few bait. Like, they have a super weapon that they still need to, like, get up online and, like, a few bases on a few random planets and it's like like the crime syndicate doesn't look to be more than like i mean it's obviously bigger than this but in the show it doesn't look to be more than like 10 to 15 people and the entire crew to work to stop them is fall jord kia kia's mom and the droids and that's it Mm -hmm. like we're dealing with such a small scale conflict here and it's it's really fun to see like no, the entire galaxy is not at stake. I mean, first of all, the entire galaxy is under the oppression of the Empire. But but there's no galactic implications for this. This is just like a small-scale adventure. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like, I think not every story has to be Bard save it, we have to save the entire galaxy. Like, you know, I think that's the stakes can be relatively low. Yeah. I think that's something that a shameless shameless rebels plug. I I do love rebels very much, but I think that's something that rebels does does a good job of is low stakes storytelling and I think having the low stakes storytelling in there for droids and and for any Star Wars or for most Star Wars projects that that do it well is that's what helps make it Star Wars to me is kind of the combination of high stakes and also there can be low stakes as well, I think. And I think the TV shows for Star Wars are much more suited for the low stakes because oh, absolutely. I think obviously with a smaller budget and with you know more time to tell a story i think you can flesh out something that is more smaller stakes and yeah. the more tv you put out the harder it gets to constantly do the the large stakes because yeah. even the movies struggled with that where they've basically done the death star plot four times <laughs> yeah yeah there is that <laughs> I, I I will say this about the small stakes, and like you know, we haven't seen a single stormtrooper. We haven't, True. you know, there were like a few mentions of the rebellion in the second episode, but that's it. But then there's I think maybe the most interesting thing I think for me from either of these two episodes is that while trying to rescue Jord, who's been taken away by the Fromm gang, Thal reaches in his speeder and pulls out a lightsaber. Yeah. That was really shocking to me. <laughs> yeah, oh, it was extremely shocking to me as well. I did not expect that. Especially that it's basically the dark saber. Like the to at least to me, like looking at the looking at the the design of the the handle, I was like, that is the that that's pretty much the dark saber. Like did, kind of similar, in the Clone yeah. Wars, did they like was that I wonder I wonder was that was that purposeful? Was that a reference? I don't know. I, I might have to look into that. I wouldn't um, put it past Filoni at this point. Yeah, yeah. no, oh, I absolutely not. What was I going to say? I no, there, there's so much, there's just so much, frankly, in that one, like, r revelation of, of the light, of that lightsaber. I'm like, where did that thing come from? Because there's, you know me, I will try to fit anything into any, like, canon box or something that, I, that I'll try to fit into, <laughs> even within the Legends continuity, because this, this was later retconned in Legends to take place 15 in 15 bby four years 15 okay Avengers 15 bby sith okay um, fair enough and so i forgot to mention this earlier we we are doing this now because even though bad batch season two comes first because bad batch season two is not all out yet and we want to leave it some time to sit before we dive into that so we're stalling with this with droids right here very eloquent of us a very elegant of us <laughs> is that was what i meant but i gonna say but i i i'm i wonder I started making some theories, but I'd love to hear yours. 
Who's like Tibber? Do you think that? Well, I'll start because I have the most basic theory. I just assume that because the lore of Star Wars is ill-defined at best at this point, I figured that the creators of the show were like, it'd be cool to have a character with a lightsaber. And that was all the thought that went into it. Oh, oh I did not think it. I did not answer. think of yeah. anything deeper. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that is the actual answer. Yes. My thought for like, like trying to explain it with canon, because we know these existed in Legends, was I'm like, what if it was a lightsaber of an Inquisitor? Because mm. it is a red lightsaber. And yeah. Yeah, I mean. It's such an I'm, ill-defined era that I guess they could say that a Jedi had a red lightsaber for some reason. But like, yeah, it, 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 it is like the weirdest, but. I do like, even though they 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 are like, oh, let's just have a lightsaber to make it feel cool. I do like how special they make it feel. Like the introduction of the lightsaber feels big. Or yeah, feels like they still make it huge like huge game. Here. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I, 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 on a similar note though, I there weren't any mentions of the Force in the first two episodes, at least. Nope. nope. Which is interesting, and I think. I guess, you know, this is before the prequels, you know, this is before, this is before the, the Jedi and the force was really kind of, before it was really super fleshed out and demystified, I guess. Um, this was yeah. still far, far before that time. So it does, it does make sense, but it is interesting as well. I was just wondering if you guys had, had paid any attention to that. It's, it, it... It's interesting just to me because, and then like Kia calls the lightsaber a handy little gadget. Yeah. Which I wrote down. That was a, is, that was a choice, a choice piece of dialogue, I thought. And, and, and even though, even though Obi-Wan does go on that long soliloquy at the beginning of A New Hope, this is the weapon of a Jedi Knight, not as clumsy or random as a blaster. I think that the use of a lightsaber in the early Legends days was a lot more democratized than it is now. Hmm. I think it wasn't as connected to the Jedi or the Sith or the Force as it as it is. Yeah, now. I think it was mostly just like this is an old timey weapon that people don't really use anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anybody can use it. Anybody can pick it up. You just don't see them that often. Yeah, I. Sorry, I agree. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else. Through my notes. Another thing that stood out to me was that I really liked the character designs in this. I think all of our main characters were pretty, like, I, I was really digging the kind of, like, punk vibe they had. Like, two of the main characters just straight up had mohawks. Like, oh, yeah, it was great. It's, it very much appeals to my sensibilities, for one. I think it speaks very well to their history and their background and, you know, their, their quote-unquote careers as racers. And... I just wasn't expecting characters designs that I would actually latch onto in this show. I thought they would all be sort of generic, you know, eighties cartoon, but no, I think it really fit the vibe they were going for. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, especially word. I was a big, I was a big fan of George's look. Uh, I really liked, uh, yeah, I really, I really liked what they did. It, it hit the right, it hit the right balance of, you know, outlandish and still feels, feels like star Wars, yeah. which I guess, is a bit of a hind hindsight twenty twenty, but there you go. The villain, like the the gangster species, that was where it kind of that was to me, where it kind of felt like, oh yeah, this is like an eighties Saturday morning cartoon with Star Wars stuck on it. Like that to me felt a little bit, a little yeah. less like what we now think of as Star Wars. I'm not. I'm not exactly. I'm not exactly sure why. Just some to me, something about it didn't quite uh, it didn't quite mesh as well with the modern, with all the knowledge and, and Star Wars shows and books and everything that we have now. There's and, the idea that like you know, and we we were talking about this before, but like you know, you and and I'm not saying that creators if creators like violate this in a way, they're not like good Star Wars creators and stuff like that. But there's a there's an unofficial rule book of Star Wars now. There's a way that people talk about Star Wars and do Star Wars and stuff like that. And like specifically with, I'm thinking about like the magic elements of it. You know what I mean? Like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The weird and wonderful. 
like they hadn't really figured that out yet they so like they could do stuff like the from gang and these weird species and like they frankly to me look like characters from alice in wonderland but like you know that that that's what they did and that's what what they decided to do for star wars back then and and they didn't really have anybody telling them no so that's what they did yeah there was a lot of room especially back then i think to kind of experiment you know play around play around with things experiment i i really liked i really liked that and i felt that in this in these episodes for sure i also think that that there's a good lesson in here and i think this is like i think that the watching a few of the episodes of droids i think is actually like i think a lot of star wars fans would benefit from watching a few of these episodes not to get too preachy or anything but i think that like we have such a we have an, such an idea that Star Wars needs to be important and serious and meaningful all of the freaking time. But this show is not important or serious or meaningful pretty much any of the time. And it's really fun. Yeah. It, I mean, it doesn't need, it doesn't need to be. It, do, it, it does need not to need to be. It was never aiming to be. And 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 like, it, but the, like, this whole show is just let's make a fun show with R two D two and C three PO. That's yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's let's legitimately get the, let's get the kids to love Star Wars. Let's get you the know? kids to love Star Wars, and and you know, like they 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 even did a freaking episode of Star Wars droids in the Clone Wars, which I've talked yeah. very very lovingly about. You know, my droids go absolutely bewildering episode yeah but like like, i mean i guess that's the point if you converted that into 2d animation you can't convince me that that wouldn't be an episode of droids it's true is that the one where they go under is that the one where they go underground nope which one is that 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 one is even crazy that's mercy mission that's the one before that oh gosh the one i'm talking about is where they go to the planet with the little people oh the planet with the tiny yeah oh that's a the the little people, and then they go to the planet with Albie Dewa, who's a god. Love, love out, Al- love me some Albie Dewa. Um, That's uh something else. Yeah, pit- those, episodes, those episodes are something else. <laughs> they're they're oh, fantastic. They sure they're are. But but I also love. I, and this is just a weird detail that I. The, they 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 totally played so incredibly fast and loose with what the freaking white witch was. Yeah. Because, like, like I, it was a speeder at one point, it fit under that ramp, and then it just flew into space. I'm like, okay, it's a ship, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I thought they loaded it. Did I miss C? I, thought they I, I assume it they loaded it ship. into Kia's like, ship after they fixed it up. Oh, okay. That's what I, I thought, thought it was. Like, but I was confused about that for a minute, too. I was like, wait, can the White Witch fly? I was like, did I miss something? Yeah, who? I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I thought... Maybe I just maybe I I was I just didn't follow that continuity. I mean, it does just go by so fast. That's another yeah, thing about yeah. the show is it crams a lot into twenty minutes. It's it extremely is. extremely fast paced. It is an exceedingly efficient in its storytelling. It, it, like, it, yeah. it, it, as Lawrence Kasdan says, it moves like a son of a bitch. It really does. Especially <laughs> the, first the first episode. The first episode, I I gotta say, like the second episode, like I I noticed, like my notes were like sufficiently longer for the first episode than the second episode. I don't think it really is because the first episode acts as as much about exposition as it is about the actual plot of the episode, because they have to clue us into this new part of the universe. They have to clue us into Ingo and Kia and Jord and Fall, as well as what's happening with the Fromm gang and having to stop the weapon and blah, blah, blah. And have they a have whole plot to... where one of the main characters gets captured and you have to break them out of the enemy secret base. Like, it does yeah. a lot. <laughs> it, 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 the, the economy in the first episode is is freaking, it's unbelievable, honestly. Mm. Like, now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, I will just also add, there are some fantastic phrasings in this. I think Kia calls somebody a two-toed swamp sucker, which is uh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, they, there's some amazing. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then Vlick tells Jordan that he wants to rearrange his molecules, mm-hmm. which is perfect. Of like, as one of the droids is like, "I'll play, I'll play havoc with your servo motors." Like, yeah, yeah. That was C three PO has like a C three PO basically has like a 
slipped disc or something like he's like oh my, one episode, of my yeah. my servo discs slipped and he has like back problems i'm just like oh my gosh this is yeah. i found i found it incredibly <laughs> funny and off-putting. i thought it was very funny and off-putting how flexible and spry and athletic c3po was in this yeah they're really taking liberties with the animation style and i'm kind of yeah. all here for it like yeah, yeah honestly. it doesn't make sense but i kind of love it <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it was very kind of almost, almost visions esque, the way they were just like, it feels, yeah. it felt like they were just like, we're gonna do what we want. We don't really care. Like, it's just not have that fun deep. With it. Yeah, who gives it's a, not that deep. Who gives a crap. <laughs> yeah, I will yeah, say that I, I also thought that like like there were there was the beginning of that second episode, Escape into Terror, when they're on the when they're on Kia's ship and they're trying to fix something and then they go flying off. I'm like, oh, that yeah. was very Star Wars to me. Oh yeah. Like because like I remember like they did that a bit at the end of Nomad Droids where R2 literally pilots 3PO through space to a separate dreadnought. Yeah. Uh, and then it reminds me of AP5 in that episode of Rebels singing with the with yep. the Libres. There were a surprising amount of solid gags in this that like oh, yeah. actually amused me. The one that actually made me laugh was the first scene we get with Size From. When Tiggy is making the excuses for not breaking his dad out of jail twice, despite breaking got, other was, people yeah. out of jail, <laughs> that was hilarious. Really funny. <laughs> it that was, was it, that was incredible. <laughs> I also like like that they just threw this out there just because because this is the Star Wars detail. If I've ever heard one, they're like, "Oh yeah, like like he's nine hundred years old." I'm like, interesting. Yeah. Like Yoda. Him and Yoda were around at the same time. Yeah. It also like yeah, it cl- closes into the the launch out. I also like that's the other thing is that I didn't expect so many references to OT stuff. Like, so- Jabba gets a shout out in the first episode. Yep. Oh yeah. So do so do Tauntauns and Hoth in the second episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't Abunta. Uh-huh. The Buddha Eve or something. Yeah, there was a Buddha reference. A shout out. Buddha reference really surprised before like, the Phantom wait, Menace. Where did that come from? Like, yeah. I, it there must have been must have been earlier in Legends. Let's see. Let's see when the first appearance in Buddha Either that Buddha. or George actually pulled from that as a reference. If, if that's the case, good on him. That, I think dope. George pulled from... Because it says on... I'm looking on Wikipedia right now. The first mention of... of of a planet called Bunta was in the White Witch. I think George Lucas, and I'm not joking about this, pulled that name from droids for the Phantom Menace. That's fantastic. Wow. You love it. I think I was looking on IMDb. He is credited. George Lucas is credited as an executive producer in a couple. Yeah, what does that really mean? Yeah, I don't know. There's there there, yeah, it was it was a little hard to track down some of the information. But as I was kind of doing my research, like the Wikipedia and the IMDb were very, very contradictory. There were, there were like a whole rather like 10, 10 people, 11, 12, maybe you know, credited with producing and various, uh, yeah, various. And it's always respects. been hard to gauge Lucas's level of involvement in non-films yeah. pre the Clone Wars. Like there's always yeah. debate about how much he was involved with the holiday special I think that extends here to droids and even the Ewok movies and all yeah. all this weird From stuff. From what I understand, yeah. it doesn't seem like much. Yeah. Um, that that seems to be the general consensus is not much, but yeah. even what not much means is yeah, something that's so debatable. Yeah. I think Star Wars, Star Wars in general, especially with the TV shows at least, it does kind of... Star Wars in general seems to like... They, they like to play a little fast and loose get a little loosey-goosey with the you know the the credits of you know who's producing and who's uh, it, it kind of becomes just like oh this person was involved in it like yeah they were a big part of it or was involved at one point in it <laughs> like yeah like but i also love that that yeah the the gag you mentioned earlier michael about tig failing to rescue size from prison not once but twice Mm-hmm. Which has dubbed, made me dub Tig Fromm the official OG of Bestoon of the Fromm gang because he is the incredibly threatening mercenary who cannot get anything done to save his life. 
Well, it wasn't that he couldn't. He, I think he did two successful prison breaks. He just chose not to break his neck. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I think the the backstory, just the implication there is pretty pretty hilarious. I yeah, think. like it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And I also like like that was the other one. I don't know if you guys remember this from the middle of Escape and Terror. There's that line three PO keeps repeating throughout the episode: "Freedom is everyone's fight." I love that. That freedom is everyone's like, fight. I was like, yeah, that's a wait, Star Wars this, line. I'm is like, this Andor or is this droids? Like, <laughs> I was gonna say, felt, I'm like, feels very yeah, timely. That, that kind of fits it sounds like something Andor. Nimic would put in his manifesto. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, would. it really does. If they sneak a reference to that in Andor season two, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be the greatest thing ever. Uh, we gotta start writing. We need to start a, a letter writing campaign. <laughs> yeah, right now to get that to get that in season two. Like, hey guys, it would make me really happy. <laughs> Can you just sneak this line in there? No one will notice, I swear. Yeah. I know one will know. <laughs> that would be the most that that would be the like the that would be the most under the radar reference of all of all time. Mm-hmm. I remember being absolutely no droids. Like it is one of the less lesser known things from Star Wars, but like. There, are, I know there are people who in Lucas who really like. Like, I mean, I know this is guy, this guy's job to know everything, but but Pablo Hidalgo tweeted a while ago. I remember him saying he was talking with JJ when they were coming up with designs and character names for the Force Awakens, and he's like, "Hey, there's this character in Droids named Kylo Ren, and you're making a character named Kylo Ren." And JJ, love him to death, but he made a rookie mistake. And he was like, nobody's going to notice that. <laughs> and people then notice. Star Wars fans, <laughs> As if there aren't people who have studied extensively the 100,000 plus pages on Wikipedia. Indeed. In, in 100%. And now with Disney uh, Plus, with droids being on there, it becomes even easier to find even all this easier, out. Yeah. And I will say this. Here's a twist that I wasn't expecting. We were talking about the lightsaber twist earlier. But Kia's mother being part of the Rebel Alliance, as they call it. Which, even by legend standards, like, with the continuity, doesn't make a whole ton of sense. But it's fine. Because, like, again, they didn't really know what they were doing. With, and like, it's, it's kind of weird that they they bring up the rebellion thing when the Empire hasn't been brought in yet it seems more like this rebellion is against any form of quote-unquote tyranny like in this case the the from gang as opposed to the galactic empire that is true it's it's, it's interesting that yeah like rebellion against what mm-hmm. and these almost seem like more vigilantes than anything yeah um, and which is why my headcanon which has no basis in anything and breaks all forms of continuity and universe and stuff like that. But I'm have I'm gonna say it right now. Kia's mother and Kia are working for a Sagara. All right. I wouldn't, just, I wouldn't put it just past. makes sense. Just makes sense to me. I, I don't have anything that contradicts that, so go yeah, on. Can't, <laughs> technically I can't I can't say no to that. No, I'm just a bad can't like, say no to that. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm now just thinking about like he had talking with Saw and and she's like so like yes yeah the Strode was really passionate he was saying like freedom is everybody's fight and Saw's like we could use some more people like that but it yeah. was a droid <laughs> even even better let's see definitely I also th- here's another thing just just the camp is just beautiful when the captain of the transport ship touches down at the secret base on a new he says we are now entering the top secret base <laughs> which <laughs> subtlety alrighty, which alrighty then which, which I, I think that one quote really perfectly describes the show like it's just yeah okay alright anything you got anything else you guys have for these two episodes like there's there's so much absolutely wacky stuff I just want to reiterate that I went in expecting this to be like terrible. Like I think a lot of the weird, obscure Star Wars things of this time, droids, Ewoks, Caravan of Courage, Battle for Endor, they all exist in the shadow of the holiday special. Yeah. yeah. The holiday special is the big bad one that everyone knows about. 
And so we all just kind of assume that these are going to be just as bad. But I'll be lying if I said this wasn't fun watching these two episodes. It, do I foresee myself watching the rest of the show? Probably not. But I kind of had a good time with these. They're they're fun, silly, campy. They're they are really Saturday morning cartoons that Star Wars kind of gets tacked onto, but it kind of gets the vibe of Star Wars. It it's a fun romp. I didn't have a bad time at all. If you've got any interest in this show, it might be worth checking out. Yeah, it, it's it's really interesting just for me. Like I, I really liked I, I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I really did. I, I didn't think it was going to be like I, I thought it was going to be all camp, all cheese. And it was a lot of that, but like it actually like packs a punch and and I'm excited to see because uh, and, and this is the other thing I re- didn't realize. I thought, I was talking with Jacob a lot more before we started about this. I thought it was going to be way more episodic than it actually ended up being. I thought that episode two was going to have almost nothing to do with episode one. Yeah. But it does. And I looked on Disney Plus, and it looks like, because the next episode is called the Trigon Unleashed, and that's the name of the super weapon that they have, the Trigon 1. And it yeah. looks we're going to be following these characters for at least two more episodes like these specific ones not just r2 and 3po and that's a really interesting and kind of bold choice because you got to keep in mind at the time you know there's not streaming services available so most kids watching this will just catch whatever episodes are on so you don't get all the pieces of the overarching story yeah it is it is actually pretty bold and so the the episodic nature would have been like the safer bet but the fact that they went with this and and thought they had a story worth telling over multiple episodes like good on them yeah i mean there was some real ambition here. J- Jacob and like, I will discuss this too when we get to these episodes, but they're I don't know if you know this, Mike, this is fantastic. They produced a TV special double episode after the release of the season called The Great Keep. And it's the it's a double length episode. Okay. And you would think that it takes place after season one of Droids. And you would be wrong. <laughs> because because it's Star Wars. Because And we can never have anything like timeline wise makes sense great heap and we will be watching this in accordance with this on in a galaxy takes place in between episodes nine and ten of droids of course it does <laughs> why of course it does <laughs> i thought you were gonna be like it's before season one i'm like okay no, that makes sense nope. Nope. just in the middle of the season just in the middle of the season legitimately and by the way like it's not even like it's not even like it's not even like 10 is the last episode of the season no i think it's a 13 episode season so it's literally just in the middle for for no reason. It's, it's ridiculous. At, at the seventy five percent mark, God, I love Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes absolutely no sense, and it, it but but also incredibly on like on brand with Star Wars. Droids feels like the definition of like no thought, just vibes. Yeah, <laughs> which is a very Star Wars thing in many ways. Like, this is a show that's just vibing. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is surviving. Like, like, don't even, think too hard. So, like, just enjoy it. Even so, like there is some like, and I know this line is as funny as as powerful as it is funny. But we were talking about freedom is everybody's fight earlier, and there's a line at the end of the episode where Rufio goes, "Atu, I was just about to strike my blow for freedom," which yeah. is <laughs> fantastic. Everything about that it was a moment. Amazing, yeah. It, it's it's one more future pre-reference that I want to mention is that I don't know if you know if either of you noticed the but the R two when R two blasts a few of those fighters, the, the droid fighters that are going out after them at the end of the episode, he shoots through. And I immediately thought of that moment from Ray at the end of Last Jedi. Yeah, I thought that too. Which I don't know why those three fighters lined up perfectly with the guns on that cannon, but I'm not gonna think about it too hard. Like we said, we just vibes. Don't think just vibes. (laughs) Don't think just friggin' vibes. Um, Anything. That'll be the theme for this season of In a Galaxy. No thought, just vibes. Just vibes. That we 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 have our episode title. That's our episode title. Not like. I, I'll I'll waffle. I'm think I'm I think I'm gonna waffle between that and in uh, and just in trouble again because mm-hmm. 
feels like a natural idea for this episode, but I guess in the, after this crazy talk about this freaking crazy, these two freaking crazy episodes, we have a bunch of interview questions that we ask first time guests on In a Galaxy that we'd love to ask Michael right now. Okay, here we go. First question, who is your favorite Star Wars character? I always struggle with the favorite character question because there's too many for me to pick from. If I have to pick one right now, I'm going to go with... I'm always a sucker for the villains in Star Wars. I love a good Darksider. I'm going to go Kylo Ren. Mm. Great choice. Fantastic choice. What is your star personal Star Wars movie ranking? And if you don't have a, a, a ranking readily available, what, what is your top three or your top five? I do have a ranking readily available. I just need to pull it up to make sure I don't get anything wrong. Or mostly that I don't forget anything. Okay. So I'm going to go from bottom to top. Worst to best. At the bottom, we've got The Clone Wars. Then The Rise of Skywalker. Then Attack of the Clones. Solo. Phantom Menace. Revenge of the Sith. Rogue One. Return of the Jedi. Empire Strikes Back. Force Awakens, and then Star Wars Episode Four and The Last Jedi really get swapped on my list just about every other day. They're one and two. Right now I have Episode Four as number one, but it really just depends on how I'm feeling that day. Interestingly, I, I, I'm, I'll honestly, because of how much you've talked about it, and really, honestly, just because of our, of, of the fun we have talking about it, I thought Rogue One was going to be higher on your list, but... Um... No, it's, it's like right in the middle. It's it's a movie I really enjoy, but there's other Star Wars I really like more. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great list. Yeah. What's your favorite non-movie Star Wars media that people are missing out on? Light of the Jedi, mm. easy. Hell yeah, <laughs> public freaking hell yeah. Charles Soul, Charles Soul, freaking does it. Mm. Uh, go ahead, Jacob. Who is your favorite Star Wars background character? Your favorite Glup Shido? Ooh. See, it's, this is a question I struggle with a lot because it's hard to define a glup shitto. Like if a glup shitto has a line of dialogue, are they still a glup shitto? If they have a minor contribution to the plot, are they still a glup shitto? If I'm going to have to go with one, I'm going to say Bazine Natal from The Force Awakens. Ah, yeah. Good job. Uh, I know of your love of Bazine Natal. I yeah. love Bazine Natal and I love Grumgar. Those two, they're a vibe. <laughs> No, they're, they're, that that's fantastic. I, I love their appearances in the Force Way. And Delilah Dawson wrote a short story about the scene, right? Yep, I think it's called like Secret Weapon or Perfect Weapon, something like that. I, I was gonna say Perfect Weapon rings the bell to me. That's actually what, perfect. Opinion... I, I was gonna say in like forty years, when we get the Force Awakens certain point of view, we need a, a Grumgar. Oh, and yeah. a Natal oh, short 100%. story. Grumgar's <laughs> gonna find out that Bazine's a First Order spy, and he'll feel so betrayed. Oh, <laughs> poor guy. And and like and like and and like like beneath that rough rough Doatin exterior, he has a heart of gold and stuff. Oh, like that. Oh, he's a big softy. <laughs> he's a real sensitive guy. I just know it. What What, in your opinion, is the coolest Star Wars species? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. I'm a big fan visually of the Chiss. I'm not as crazy about like a lot of the stories. Like I still haven't read the Ascendancy trilogy because I just kind of don't care. Don't worry, I have either. It's I'm gonna exhausting. go with a weird underdog pick. I'm gonna go with the Alina. Oh, I like no. those little small boys. Those small boys are great, especially in Mercy Mission. Great episode. Got to got to got to shout out Mercy Mission. With shout outs to Kazdan Paratus. Shout out to Kazdan Paratus, absolutely. A few, absolutely. Jacob? Okay. What is your favorite Star Wars planet? Hmm. I'm going to go with Mustafar. I think I just get so hyped every time it shows up. It's mm. obviously become a very iconic planet. It's so just, like, visually interesting. I can't help but love it. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah, very interesting. If you had a job in the Star Wars universe, what would your job be? That is a good question as well. I mean, obviously it's a big galaxy, so it's going to be something where you get to see a lot of it. I'm going to go with 
a traveling chef. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to different worlds. That's a great. That is and a great really job. To all these different. That would be. Uh, that is such places. a good. Wasn't there a chef? Wasn't there a chef story in The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view? That oh, book, the I chef think there who was... prepared the dinner for the yes, that's meal. right. I oh, forgot yeah. about that. She's like think the whole time. She's like thinking, do I poison Darth Vader? Do I not poison Darth Vader? Yeah. She's like, oh wait, Darth Vader doesn't eat. Never mind. <laughs> oh, that was a banger. I'm not gonna lie, that was a banger. I forget I, a lot of the stories from Empire from a certain point of view, yeah. but it is really damn good. It, I, I can't is, wait it, for the Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. I'm like they haven't it's announced it yet, but like it's gonna happen. I know it. Yep. If it doesn't happen, I'm gonna be very we, we sad. Need a Poply story. I like like in honor of Connor Jakiti, we need a Poply story. Pop. What is your favorite? Well, we all know the quote. You even quoted earlier this episode. You know, it's like poetry. You know, they rhyme. Every stanza sort of rhymes blessed. Hopefully it'll work. Hopefully um, it'll work. That's my that's the most. Jo- Can I just say that's the most George Lucas quote ever? Because he has this like, he has this like really like arching ambitious idea and then he and then he, and he just ends with like I, hopefully it'll work we'll, we'll, we'll see <laughs> that's, like, that is my that, vibe too that, that contrast is the most george lucas thing i've ever heard <laughs> it, it, it's that and then when um when he says in the screening of like an, an early screening of revenge i may have gone too far in a few places that's what i may have gone too far in a few places what does he say that in reference to the fans of menace no that's what he said after the first the like screening I thought it was Sith. Is it oh my god. No, it's Phantom gone... Menace, I think. Okay. I may have gone too far in a few places. I may have gone too far. You think? Like... <laughs> you think? No, no, no. I love it. No, um, no. Love what is your movies. favorite example of it's like poetry, it rhymes in the, in the Star Wars universe? Anything. Movies, TV, games. Hmm. I mean, a lot of Star Wars is really cyclical i'm a i'm a sucker for the hero's journey where a hero comes from nothing and becomes you know big galactic hero obviously we've gotten three of those in the movies but anytime it comes up in any form of star wars media it's a way to immediately endear me to a character yeah absolutely there's we've gotten that a lot in in our different shows and i i i it, it's interesting always every time it, it comes up for me to see which way they'll tackle it this time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we obviously have the Skywalker journey, but then we, you know, have Ezra Bridger and Omega and yep. Din. I think I'd even argue Grogu. Yeah. But, or, or Kaz. Got a, got a shout out Resistance there because I know nobody else will. I'm not just saying on the screen. Yeah. I'm saying in the <laughs> fandom. Uh, go ahead, Jake. Next question. Oh, shoot. I went to the wrong document. If you could take one object or one force power from Star Wars, use it in the real world in your life, what would it be and why? I just want to be able to move objects. Just I don't want to get up to get the remote. I just want to force it to my hand. That's that's all I want. I'm, I'm very basic. I'm lazy. <laughs> I, the, the number of times I've wanted to do that is, is, is uncountable. But And final question for, this, for uh, these interview questions. Uh, we have a running bit uh, on In a Galaxy. We have a running uh, feud, we could say, with uh, a large view of the Force. Um, all I'm going to do, I'm going to show you a character. You just tell me how you pronounce their name. Okay, that would be Zam Wessel. Okay, Thank cool. you. Okay. Thank you. And so, you say it Wessel, so that way you can say Wesselmania, baby. Wesselmania. Wesselmania. I love that. That's fantastic. So now, Some uh, people Dvor, think it's pronounced Zam Wessel. They are wrong. They're wrong. They're, they're there wrong. there is actually some precedent for that in the we, was it the Django Fed video game that we watched. Bounty Hunter. Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. She said that was, Zam was on that game. But um, they also but, didn't know that Zam was a changeling when they made that game. So you know whatever. They they didn't yeah. know that Sam was a changeling. No, that was a late change to Attack of the Clones. Actually, oh, I didn't actually so know the that. damn that's team didn't really get wow. that time. To that's interesting. That. I did not know that. All right. That that's, so that's, that's why when Zam gets knocked out in bounty hunter she doesn't revert back to her alien form she stays in her human form the entire mm. time that, that does actually make sense now that i think about it yeah no that, i i i wish i had known that when we did Danny hunter all those years ago no but that that's that's very interesting i think we're reaching the end of this in a galaxy episode but michael absolutely plug your stuff thanks for coming on this episode 
plug where we where we can find you sure you can find me on youtube all remaining systems you can find me on twitter at local first order through my twitter and youtube you can find the different content i put out i post star wars fan fiction stories on archive of our own i'm doing a series called heart of the jedi which i'm very proud of and on YouTube, I am doing a Star Wars role-playing game series called Ionized Bastards, featuring such personalities as Alden Diaz from Octo Radio, Jared from Nerd Academy and Epic Confrontations. You'll also see Dan Miller from Broaxium and Jerry from the Bombadcast. And that is one of my favorite series I've ever done on my channel. So I'm very excited to continue that. As I said before the recording, I've progressed my way through it slower than I'd like to, but I've watched, I think, pretty much the entire first episode, and it's just fantastic. Thabor Sheems and Fabian Martell are, like, some of my favorite characters in this new age of Star Wars, I guess. You could, I, I just really want, and again, I haven't seen, maybe you've done this in future episodes, but I just really want him him to, Thabor to just go up to somebody and say, Hi, I'm Thabor Sheems. Did you know you have rights? The New Republic says you do. <laughs> He does something very similar in episode two, so... Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to watch that more then. Okay, that's going to be it for this episode of Star Wars in a Galaxy. Next episode, we're going to be doing the third and fourth episodes of Star Wars Droids. What are those episodes called? I know the, the, the third one's called The Trigon Unleashed, and the fourth one is called A Race to the Finish. The Trigon Unleashed and The Race to the Finish are the next two episodes we're doing. In the meantime, follow us on Twitter at In a Galaxy Pod, Instagram at Star Wars In a Galaxy. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google po Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, we'll be there. If we're not, email us, swinagalaxy at gmail.com. Watch our spinoff show, Epic Confrontations. Michael is a part of it, as well as- Undefeated. Many others. <laughs> Undefeated, absolutely. No, no defeats. We're going to be releasing our newest match, Epic Confrontations 9, Chris Ryans versus Brian Fennessy, very, very soon. And that match is- is fantastic and i can't wait for everybody to see it and then i think we've announced already that the next match after that the dark jedi is unfortunately making his return uh, jared is yeah <laughs> i know i know jared the jared. Dark jedi is facing off against uh, up against bill Sheehy from skywalking through the league after taking out his co-host trey mitchell last year and oh and some other stuff in the future we'll see i'm sure there's going to be some stuff for big chungus down the line, but more we, wins. We just can't stop winning. Give me a second. Chungus. <laughs> I need, needed to play the big Chungus clip before we ended here. And I think until next time, may the force be with you. Always. Always. Always.